and welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced, as all things should be. My name is Isaac Edlin. I'm going to be your host tonight. And tonight, we have two other Infinity Bros with me. Number one, Infinity Bro is disheveled. His hair is crazy. He's got bloodshot eyes because he has not looked up from his TV screen for probably 72 hours. It's Jared Curtis. Yeah, but uh, I look horrible, probably. <laughs> um, but I guarantee my character looks phenomenal. Ah, um, yes. yes. There you go. <laughs> so obviously some- he's uh, referring to Elden Ring, which he has dove into full send. He's not coming back. Probably we, too much, yeah. We may not ever get Jared Curtis back from, from Elden Ring. You guys can't see it. Um, I'm actually playing right now on my second monitor. So <laughs> if I disappear, that's what's going on. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. So yeah, that <laughs> makes total sense. And Infinity Bro number two, we have the beautiful bearded Robbie Sodder. I'm number two. You're here to hear first. I never know if you can talk before you're introduced. Max gets really mad about it. I think so. Yeah, Max gets a little upset about it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna allow it because I'm I think I'm just the nicer host <laughs> when it comes to the Infinity Bros podcast. He just gets he gets a little cranky to, when yeah, we go. He just wants to introduce out of, the outside people. his. I just think I was just gonna say Jared's hair looks like he came from a 2007 indie like emo boy band mm. <laughs> you look That's great love also that. true yeah yeah Jarrett Jarrett Channeling gives off that vibe too right because now. tonight will be the night that I will fall for you <laughs> sorry continue no, it's all good it's all good <laughs> I think we're I mean I'm like definitely on the um Christian side of that scene whatever you want to call it speaking of which, um, but, yeah. but we all we all were in that we were all speaking of in which that me and Isaac of went music, to so. went to a Reliant K concert just last weekend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was it was really fun and it was crazy because uh there was nobody there that was under 25 years old it was it was wild the demographic was 26 to 38 I don't know like what I expected but like I've been to I've been to a lot of Reliant K concerts. I've been to probably like five or six in my life, and there's always teenagers there. Like it's it was you know most of them were when when I was a teenager, uh, so it totally makes sense. But yeah, it's the crowd has just grown up with with the it band, was, so it's, it was it pretty was an crazy. amazing experience. I loved every single. Minute it was a it. fun concert. Twitter went wild over it, and what cracks me up is I saw this tweet that said there was two types of people at the Reliant K concert. It was either youth pastors. Or ex-evangelicals, and there's no in between. Yeah, Robbie actually <laughs> made a great point that probably 50 percent of the people in that room have deconstructed their faith at some point, <laughs> and it's probably yeah. very accurate. So. And then the other point I made was that everyone that had general mission, so like floor tickets, were like all the kids that were in youth group when they were popular, and then all the people that were in the balcony in the seats, they were the youth pastors. Yeah. That definitely was the case because like (laughs) everybody that was in the balcony looked like they had to be at least over 40 years old. And we were all like standing on the floor like uh, we all had drinks in our hand, which is another thing that was weird. Like I've never had an alcoholic drink at a Reliant K concert because most again, most (laughs) of the time I was a teenager and everybody was everybody was like just chilling with their drinks and kind of like you know just enjoying the concert and it was really enjoyable. It was a strange, it was a time. strange experience, but it was it was, it was super fun. So yeah, good times, good times. 
But we have lots of things to talk about on the Infinity Bros podcast tonight. So just to give you guys a little bit of a lowdown of what we're going to talk about, Jarrett's going to rant about Elden Ring for probably most of this podcast, unless we yeah, but- somehow rein him in and, uh, and you know, uh, contain him somehow, but we're going to let him review that. We're going to ask him a few questions about uh, Elden Ring, and then we are going to give a little bit of a preview for The Batman, which drops um, this week. I believe March fourth is the official uh, date. And are uh, people interested in the Batman though? Do we know? Uh, I would think I, so. I think so. It, Twitter, think Twitter has been you know pretty interested in it. I think so. Well, that's think, good. To know. You know, yeah, I'm glad we're talking a about a few it, people. Yeah, it's not like Spider-Man level hype. And it, I, sadly, it's not even like Wonder Woman 1984 level hype. And we saw how bad that turned out. <laughs> I think people are a little burnt out with DC, even though this one is sounds like it's pretty promising. What do you mean people? What? People hey, burnt hey, out with hey, DC? Hey, save that. We're going to talk Whoa. about that a little bit later. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, sorry. Hold your horses. <gasps> Jarrett just... <laughs> Robbie's going to probably go off the rails because yeah, it's was, Batman. So uncalled here we are. Uh, already. Tad aggressive right now. I and haven't been then, abused enough by Elden Ring, so I need it from Robbie. <laughs> don't don't attack us because you've died 807 <laughs> times in your 32 hours of play. Oh man! And then to cap it all off, we're going to talk about our top six DC movies. And mind you, this is not DC EU movies, and we're not including animated. So top DC live action movies. Oh shoot! Um, I gotta redo my whole list. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, we talked my. about okay. it in the we chat. We literally talked Garrett. about it, but, you know, that's okay. Um, yeah, so first of all, before we get into all that stuff, this is how we rate things on the Infinity Bros Podcast. Here on the Infinity Bros Podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. And also, before we dive into uh, our main topics, we want to tell you a little bit about something that we have been very interested in. It is a comic miniseries uh, called Chronicles of Faith David. This is a joint uh, production by Mercy Way Studios and Brainy Pixel Productions. Um, And it's a comic about um, the story of David from the from the Bible, he basically they're telling an origin story and it's, it's really cool how this is all shaping up. So this is from their website here. I've just got a little bit of a, uh, kind of a recap of what the, the Chronicles of Faith series is all about. So the Chronicles of Faith series tells the stories of the well-known heroes of the faith depicted in a fresh and stunning manner. The striking visual series will draw in and deeply immerse the reader into the biblical narratives by exposing the humanity of the characters, illustrating God's faithfulness, judgment, and forgiveness, and providing pointed and memorable examples of the awe-inspiring characteristics of God. So this is the first kind of section of their series. They're actually going to be diving into different characters as well. Um, But we want to highlight this because they actually have their second issue Um, live on Indiegogo right now. So we'll put that in the show notes, but make sure you go check out this comic and um, support these guys so they can keep uh, producing more. So issue zero 
is available for purchase and issue one is actually available for purchase as well on their website or anywhere you get your comics. Um, and issue two is being funded currently on Indiegogo. So make sure you go check that out. You can also check out our bonus mini-sode. We actually talked to uh, Brandon Hollingsworth, Ivan Anaya, and uh, Ernesto Mania about this comic and kind of the origin, how this all got going. Um, and you can check that out on the Infinity Bros podcast. All these links will be in the show notes, so you can just scroll on down and go ahead and click that link. So uh, really cool uh, series that we want to highlight for sure. The art in the series is dope. The art is really, really cool. Yeah. I like the style. So go ahead and go to theinfinitybros.com, and if you click on the Daily Snap, there's actually a review of issue zero, of uh, the series and yeah, you can check out a little snippet of their art there. It is fantastic. Like this is very like stylized art and I'm actually in the process of writing a review for uh, issue one and it, it just keeps getting better. It's the art is fantastic in this series. So make sure if you guys are comic fans, got to go check that one out for sure. Jarrett, should I just like give you the floor and just like let you talk? Or do you want me to actually ask you some questions about it? <laughs> we don't have three I just hours. Kidding. No, wait, 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 wait. So Elden Ring. Okay. Elden yes. Ring is an action role-playing game developed by From Software. Uh, and the game is directed by Miyazaki. is made in collaboration with fantasy novelist George R.R. R. Martin, who you may know from the HBO series Game of Thrones. Um, and really incomplete Game of Thrones in- books. <laughs> incomplete Game of Thrones books, yes. Most people, I would say, know him from the series since they haven't read the books, including me. I have not read the books. But, um, yeah, his incomplete series uh, spurred a, I think, was it three seasons of, of Game of Thrones that were not based on books? Like, three season, the last three seasons, I'm pretty sure, were, like, their own thing. The last two, like, he gave some direction, but... Uh... Yeah, the the se- the series dropped off, and it's it's a understandable why because they didn't have the source material to go off yeah. of. Yeah, so so disappointed in that aspect. But bringing it back to Elden Ring, he helped create the kind of the setting in Elden Ring, which is a Dark Souls esque type of game, which Jarrett is our residential expert in. So Jarrett, um, number one, tell us a little bit about your background in dark souls like why do you like these games (laughs) for those of you guys who don't know dark souls is a game that is very challenging very like punishing and you die a lot it's and that's the kind of the draw of the game is it's challenging and you like you know have to overcome these really really difficult bosses basically so Jarrett, what are dark souls games all about yeah so um i cut my teeth when I was a little kid. Uh, I think we rented it from like Blockbuster or something. One of my buddies is having a sleepover and he's like, yeah, check out this new game. And I watched him play a little bit and I was like, I can do this. So he gave me the sticks uh, and I immediately got slaughtered by Sif, which if you've ever played Dark Souls 1 is like one of the coolest characters ever. And I was like, I hate this. I'm never going to play these games again. Um, And then slowly as I became an adult, they sort of drew me back in. Um, And we actually did a a little bit of a series on Bloodborne 3 here on the uh, Twitch channel. And these games are, they're not meant to make you feel like a superhero, right? There's certain games that come out and it's like, I can do whatever I want. 
It's meant to make you feel powerful. These games are meant to kick you in the dust. And in spite of that, you overcome these challenges. And I think that's the draw for me and a lot of people is it's like playing a game on hard mode and being able to brag that like, yeah, I died 20 times, but guess what? I still beat them in the end. Um, And if you kind of treat the fact that you're going to die in this game as a mechanic and not like punishment for doing something wrong, uh, it's, it becomes a more enjoyable experience and you feel like almost like somebody who's climbed Everest, even though that's a dumb comparison because it's, you know, us sitting in our parents' basements playing video games. Um, I'd say that we're all grown men with families, but <laughs> whoa, 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 some of us are. <laughs> yeah. Well, Zane's not here. So D- don't call Zane out like that. Come on, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> going to hurt his feelings. Elden Ring is that to some degree, right? Like, I don't want to spin it as anything other than what it is. It has the heart and soul of a Souls game. But what they did with this, if it was just Dark Souls 3 with a new story, I would buy that game. If it was an open world with Dark Souls 3 mechanics, I would buy that game. But it's both of those and then some, right? Like, it's got the heart of Dark Souls 3, but it has the soul of something like Skyrim or Breath of the Wild or these amazingly developed open world games that we've been seeing more and more of. And so to say that it's like just a souls game feels like a massive undersell. So is it safe to say that you're a little biased? I'm absolutely biased. (laughs) Yes. I try to come at it with like an objective point of view and and I'll say this right from the get go. If you hate dying in video games, this is not for you, right? Like it's going to happen inevitably. Mm-hmm. I say that knowing full well, I've been playing the game for several hours now, and I've only died like eight times, and a lot of it was right at the beginning. But that's kind of the point. Like, if you're buying this game, you don't buy it, like, expecting to just, like, cakewalk through the thing. Like, you, like, the, the, I, I told this story in the, in the group chat, I think. Um, so I bought Demon Souls before it was Dark Souls, there was Demon Souls, right? Um, so I bought that game from GameStop for like 15 bucks as a young lad because I didn't have much money and uh, we have a GameStop nearby. Um, so I bought that because it has a cool knight on the cover and then like the back shows like <laughs> a monster to be. So it's like, oh, this is like like right up my alley. I like knights. I like fight someone I have armor on. This would be cool. I take it home and like don't get anywhere and see all like the notes on the ground telling me to do things and just die. Yeah. All the like I just keep dying and I'm just like, what the heck is this game? Like, this is the dumbest game in the world. Like, why would anyone play this? Yeah. (laughs) And that game had zero direction. There's no direction. It just throws you in and then you just start dying. Demon Souls is the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. And I'll I'll die on that hill. (laughs) So, like, I I had no idea what I was doing. So I, like, took it back. I was like, this is the worst game ever. Like, why would anyone want this? But now that I'm, (laughs) you know, twice that age, 30 years old, I, I know, like, Okay, if I'm going to play Elden Ring, I'm going to die. And that's okay. Everyone is dying. There's not someone out there who's, like, just poning all of these monsters and never dies. No one is doing that. So I think that's, that. like, people need to understand that, go into the game with that, and then I think it will be more entertaining. I'm very, very close. Probably, I'm probably a day or two away from watching TikTok videos about Elden Ring before I'm going to pick it up. Like it has been, it is firmly in my mind to buy and it's, it's, it's not good. It's very popular. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And just came out like literally like three days ago. Like yeah, this is brand spanking new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> I mean, and we don't actually get to review video games like this early pretty much ever because most of us don't buy video games right on release. So so this is kind of a cool opportunity for us. So here's here's a crazy like, so Game Informer just posted this. Game Informer, we also had the, uh, a Game Informer guy on here. Uh, Elder Ring's player base on Steam is already nearly six times greater than from software's previous all-time high. Wow. Like, this game is changing things for From Software. Elden Ring is blowing up. A lot of people probably really hate it, but it obviously has connected with a group of people. So People are, and that's the kind of the discourse that I've seen, people are really angry about how successful this game is, right? Like, either you love it, or you hate it. There's a there's not a lot of people who are indifferent like you guys are. Um, I've seen a visceral response from a lot of people, and a, a lot of it is is like you guys are all dumb for liking this game. Like, why do you punish yourselves? Blah blah blah. And then people are mad that it came out the same time as uh, Horizon Forbidden West, and it's like, well, you know, we we as fans have no control over that. I'm just enjoying my game. You enjoy your game. Um, but yeah, man, you it can is, get both. Everybody knows about it. Yeah, and I mean, Elden Ring has been received very, very well. Uh, some of the highest scores of video games ever. Uh, Metacritic uh, gave this a 97 on PS5, 95 on PS uh, or on PC and on Xbox. Which Metacritic, I feel like, is the like they're tough. They're tough on games. Very tough. So like that's pretty wild that it received that high of a score. And like pretty much every other site is giving it like a 9.5 or a 10 out of 10, pretty much. Like it's very, very well received. So this is not just like only Souls people are enjoying this game. Only, you know, a select few. Like this is universally being well received. Like all around, which which is incredible. So, all right, Jarrett, here it is. Um, I've never played a Souls game. I basically have no interest in playing a Souls game. <laughs> Fair enough. Give me your best sales pitch on why I should get Elden Ring and why I should play it. I think it's one of those things where you gotta you gotta look at the aspects of Elden Ring and say, does this check enough of the boxes for me? No, right? no, 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 no. Give him a sales pitch. Give him a sales pitch. He's getting to it. Sound like He's a sales to it. You just got it. I want. Gotta no, no, no. Don't, 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 don't preface <laughs> it. I want like just go into salesman mode. How do you okay. sell this game to someone who has no idea, has never played a Souls game? I just go into salesman mode. I want. I, that's what I want. I want. I want to hear it. Let me. Fin- okay, then let me finish what I'm doing. So you <laughs> no, have to look. I don't at what want you. No. <laughs> You have if, to I look che- if I have to sit here and check boxes, really. I'm not buying this game. <laughs> okay. He's being a tough right. customer right now. I'm Jeez. being a tough customer. Like, tell me to why I should buy this game. Unplug your headphones for two seconds while I give everybody else the sales pitch. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you like open world games, right? If you look at crafting systems and sort of that necessary grind for the next big thing, if you care about exploring something that you think nobody else in the entire world has discovered. If you love playing co-op, if you love beautiful cinematography and amazing landscapes, if you love uh, next to zero loading time between an entire open world, I'm talking between the open world and every single dungeon. There are not loading screens unless you fast travel. Then this is the game for you, right? Like 
it, it approaches everything in such a different way that this cannot be called just another Souls games. Uh, you have a mount for the first time. Jumping opens up a whole new world of mechanics to explore. Um, you have co-op that has been completely revamped, right? In the old Souls games, if you wanted somebody to come to your aid and help you, it was like a slog, right? You had to get something called an ember, which was either all of your money that you lost dying anyways, or you have to beat a boss to get embered. That's completely removed in this. Now it's just a simple crafting thing from flowers you find on the ground. Um, every single one of the bosses is optional. You're not winning right now, fine. Leave, grind a few levels, go do something else. Uh, explore this open field over here, find a new dungeon and come back when you're ready, right? Like every single part of this has made it more accessible without sacrificing the things that we know and love about anything FromSoft has ever made. And I think that's where this drives home, right? If you're on the fence about any Souls game, I understand, right? They're hard, they're difficult. This isn't that anymore, right? Every single piece of this has been optimized where you can approach it from every angle that you want. Stealth is a new thing. Um, you have the options to craft these like new recipes and they have a new flask that lets you customize the way you play the game. It is so like user-friendly um, with one exception that I think anybody can pick up this game, Souls fans or not, and just ride with it. That being said, it is at its heart, the Dark Souls 3 mechanics system, right? So it takes a little bit of learning, but I, I honestly believe my five-year-old could go pick up this game and in five or six hours, he could beat the first boss. Like, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility. I don't think you're a very good salesman, but I, I yeah, do think enough. that <laughs> I do think that, that was a good, that was a good, that was a good, like, kind of entry level, like, here, here is what Elden yeah. Ring is. Yeah. yeah. But if, um, I'm, if I'm a newbie, what class? In a world I? where you need to fight bad guys. Yes. That's what that's, I wanted. That's, that's, what, yeah. that's, what, I that's what Robbie was looking for. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Hey, you need the you car blood, salesman. We like, got blood. You want like trees? Gloss we it got up, trees. make it seem yeah. really awesome. Hey, do you hate yourself? Do you want? Do you want a friend who's also a pot with legs? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Jarrett. Um, okay, so Jarrett, tell us um, just for the last part of it here. Tell us where you're at in the game and how many hours you have played to get there. That's so hard to explain, right? Because it is, <laughs> it's an open world, so I can't say like I'm at this location or I've gone this far. Um, Not like where like physically you're at, sure, like, sure. Uh, but like you, you and Zane were talking about it in the group chat, like Zane had defeated the first boss and you were going to go grind a little bit more to, to do that. Well, well, that's truthfully. Tough. And and this is, if you go to our TikTok, I actually made a TikTok about this. Zane was like ready to take that first boss. I'm not joking. I grinded just to get a stupid pumpkin helmet because I needed it for my run. Uh, I, I was like, I have it. to wear this pumpkin helmet. I needed um, it. I have to have this pumpkin helmet. I think I'm, uh, I have to double check. I think I'm level 30 or 31, um, which anyone who's playing the game right now knows what that means. I think I'm wildly last night I was looking at it and I was like, I think I'm near the, you know, I think I have most of the map uncovered. And then I looked at a picture of the map. I'm nowhere near as far as I thought I was. <laughs> uh, I think I'm still further than Zane and most of the people I'm playing with. But this is a massive game. It it makes Skyrim look like like freaking Mario. Like it's so tiny um, in comparison to how big Elden Ring is. And like every single area of the map where you're like, ah, they didn't hide something. Surely they didn't hide something in this corner. There's always a dungeon. Like 
they have these things called legacy dungeons, and I stumbled into one last night. A legacy dungeon is the same size as Dark Souls 3. Like, the entire game of Dark Souls 3 fits in one of I have heard the news about that, that there are dungeons as large as, like, past games. It's massive, and so it's hard to quantify. I don't know how far I am in the game, and I don't think most people do. So they gave the reviewers their copies, I think, a week and a half before it launched. Oh, yeah, and not enough time to I think dive one or two reviewers finished the game, and that's it, out of all these wow. different companies. I that's believe crazy. I watched the video from IGN. A guy did a, like, straight playthrough, and it took him 86 hours, I believe, so to wild. complete the How final How many hours boss. have you gotten to play in this weekend yet, Jerry? Mm, probably four to six. Uh, not as much as I would like, but, you know, it's a busy weekend, and I got a family. How many levels are there? You said you're level 31. Like, um, so keep going most Souls games soft cap at like 120 and they hard cap at, oh gosh, it's like 500 and something. Um, so you're considered in the end game at 120. So I'm about, I'm like a fourth of the way there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very cool. All right. Last thing, go ahead and rate, uh, Elden Ring for us so far. I kind of already think I know what you're reading at it, but yeah, <laughs> let's not get it twisted. It's a six out of six. This is the best video game I've ever played in my life. And like, I firmly stand by that. This game so, was so custom was, tailored That was me. kind of the secondary one. Is it crack your, crack your top five? You said it's the, it literally it's the, is the it's best. It's the best game I've ever played. And I'm not joking about that. With four to six hours of playtime, it's already the best game you've ever played. To, to, to make it clear for people, why did you lead with that? Like, that's a better sales pitch than <laughs> this whole right, time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Bro. Here's the problem is I'm, I'm very, very biased about this stuff. I have a particular yeah. taste, and this checks every single one of those boxes. If I can build the dumbest build with the goofiest hat, it's a perfect game for me. <laughs> it's a perfect so. game. Oh, gosh. Love it. Right now, it's sitting at number 12 on uh, Metacritic's top games. So it, it's definitely up it there for a lot of people. It was number one at one point, and I think it's slowly been dropping, but like... I know, so I've been reading, because I just I just keep getting all this like Elden Ring info, and I've never even touched the game, but like I just keep liking all this stuff. It's like, that's why I'm going to get on this eventually. But it sounds like there was, Steam had some issues uh, starting off, and so did PlayStation. So there's been some like technical issues, but it doesn't seem like the actual game is messed up. There's just some extra things that yeah, are so ironed out. I've heard I've heard some issues on the computer. I've heard zero issues from Xbox, and I have not encountered a single. But like, and I'm not joking. I I can run from one end of the map to the other, jump inside a dungeon, and I I will not see a single loading screen. I won't see a stutter. It's wild. Like, it's That's awesome. Flawless in the transition. That's amazing. Uh, it floors yeah. me. Even the fast traveling takes like. 30 seconds tops to get from that's, one end of the map. Yeah, to the that's other. incredible. Gosh, I remember playing um, Skyrim on my Xbox 360. And if you fast traveled those, it would like sit at that loading oh, yeah. screen for like four or five minutes, like ridiculous loading times. That's, that's wild that we've, it, this it, far in it performs beautifully on the PS five. Like it looks magnificent. That's awesome. Well, we have to do a hard pivot because if we don't, uh, Jarrett will continue to talk about this for hours. So I, we have nothing else to add, Isaac. Like we have nothing else to add to this conversation. I have nothing else to add. Jarrett could talk about it by himself for hours. <laughs> I will say just just one more thing. If you're curious, if you're sitting on the fence about this game and you're like, I need to watch somebody play this who's not like a reviewer paid to gloss this and make it look nice. Come watch me play on our Twitch channel, Twitch 
uh, TV slash the underscore infinity underscore bros. Um, check us out there. I'm not the best player in the world. So like you'll get a more realistic interpretation of what this looks like and find out like, is this for me? Is this not for me? Yeah, we definitely uh, fill the role of like the the bad gamers that are yeah. just having fun <laughs> on Twitch. <laughs> so yes, we do. That is definitely our, our calling on Twitch. So, all right, we're gonna do that hard pivot to the Batman. Pivot, 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 pivot. Speaking of pivoting, I had to move my cousin this weekend, and I am sore. And it was, it was a moving. Move, okay, but. moving people is like the worst, right? Isn't that awful? Like when somebody like asks loop, you to so help like, them move. Oh, that sucks. See, but Robbie is a giant. So when he says like I had to move my relatives, I picture him picking up a house and like carrying it down the street. <laughs> just well, that's the just thing. Picks is, up a dresser over I, his head and just like <laughs> walks like off Atlas carrying the weight of I'm, the world. I, I am the kid carrying six chairs at youth group. Yeah. Like when I start moving people, I just grab as much stuff as possible because like there just wasn't a lot of help. From yeah. others besides like my yeah. wife, my everybody wife else is doing everybody else majority is like of the moving carrying like one little like pillow and and they're just like kind of going really slow, hoping that everybody else does all the heavy lifting. You were describing my weekend. Robbie's got six boxes and Jess over his shoulder. Yeah, no, no, no. Jess, Jess pulls her weight. Jess is a beast. I no, but I, it, I for sure. Others, but I also think you could also carry Jess on your shoulders. <laughs> It was, it was, uh, there were some frustrating moments because I'm just like, I've done like eight trips and someone else is like on the phone, like trying to get their Wi-Fi set up. And I'm just like, hey, can we do this after? We can do this after. I'm a little busy right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's all I'm going to gripe about. I'm a, I was a little annoyed. I've never had, a, okay, I've never had a moving take two days, but like we did most of it yesterday and then we finished this morning because they just decided they were like done. I was like, uh, oh, okay. So you're like the Batman of movers. Oh, look at that transition. Oh, <laughs> well, here, Robbie, we can we can talk about something that you want to talk about instead of moving. So let's talk about the Batman only in theaters March 4th. From Warner Bros. Pictures comes Matt Reeves' The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson in the dual role of Gotham City's vigilante detective and his alter ego, reclusive billionaire Bruce Wayne. Whoa, spoilers. Did we put a spoiler review? Whoa, Goodness. whoa. Uh, this is Wayne a synopsis is on the website. Right? <laughs> Jeez, Isaac. <laughs> I'm sorry for I'm sorry for everybody who has gotten spoiled that that <laughs> Batman is Bruce Wayne from 1940 whatever. Didn't even, he was didn't even put in. the bumper on. Shame to you. Wild. Unbelievable. Wild. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, Infinity Rose Universe. <laughs> That's it. You gotta step down. Zane is the new co-host. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Starring alongside Pattinson as uh, Gotham's famous and infamous cast of characters are Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, Paul Dano as Edward Nashton, cool, little different uh, name there, Jeffrey Wright as the GCPD's James Gordon, John Turturro as Carmine Falcone, Peter Skarsgård as Gotham DA Gil Colson, Jamie Lawson as mayoral candidate, candidate Bella Real, and Andy Serkis as Alfred, and Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot. So we have quite a rogues gallery. In, How do we feel uh, at, about Andy Serkis as Alfred? I, 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 
I love Andy Circus. Anything Andy Circus does, I'm all in on, dude. I love that guy. He's I awesome. can't I can't name one thing that he's been bad at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I'm all in on it. I I and we've we've seen quite a few different portrayals of Alfred at this point. Um so, you know what? Like and I is there a portrayal of Alfred that you guys like really didn't like because I feel like they've all been pretty solid. I'm trying to no, think of one. No, cuz the the Batman or Batman from 1989, that Alfred and Blinken on his name was great. Michael Caine was great. Jeremy Irons didn't get enough screen time, I know, but was, has, Jeremy was also Irons is the excellent. Best. I thought he was great. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, even, he was excellent. Even I mean, I know like we're kind of like hit or miss on on other shows um, that are basically not Disney Plus yeah. shows, but like Gotham, uh, the guy that played Alfred yep. in Gotham was one. fantastic. I thought he was. He was incredible. So I, I really like that show, actually. And I think that was an underrated one for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm totally down to see Andy Serkis play Alfred. So um, Robbie is our residential uh, DC guy and especially Batman guy. Um, so Robbie, what are your thoughts coming into? I mean, we've we've been anticipating the Batman for quite a while. I mean, Robert yeah. Pattinson was casted what, like... <clears throat> two and a half three three years ago like a quite a while ago so tell us like first of all what was your reaction when they announced that we're getting another disconnected batman movie i mean we've heard so many rumors about all this like from ben affleck you know supposedly um starting this whole thing out and then they kind of pivoted and went with robert pattinson what were your thoughts coming into way back when all this was being announced well, it, it's been really tough as a DCU fan because we don't really know what's happening, and now they're they're probably going to give the the excuse of the multiverse um, in the Flash movie because we know we're getting Keaton in there. I assume we're going to get Ben Affleck's last portrayal, and I, I guess I hope that they connect with Pattinson. I I don't know. I don't try to understand what WWE's WB's. The, w- the WB kind of runs themselves like the WWE. Nothing really <laughs> makes all that much sense. Mm, um, but point. WB is just doing weird things all the time. So I, I take everything as just a singular story, a singular source, and we move on. I'm I'm very excited for this movie. I feel like the hype isn't crazy, but I think that's kind of almost by design. Like, obviously, they're pushing it. But this is going to be a very different Batman movie, probably more along the styles of The Dark Knight, um, even maybe even more detective stuff, which is the type of Batman movie that I've wanted to see. A Batman that uses his brain much more than just punch, punch, shoot, shoot, or you know Ben Affleck style where he you know, needs a bunch of other people to do everything for him. Like I, I'm very interested in seeing this style. Um, I think Pattinson's going to be great. He has a perfect emo look about him. Just a sad emo boy. Um, I don't know how that lends itself in fur in like future installments, because the one thing I don't like about Pattinson and how they're treating him so far is that he's definitely going with the like emotional, like billionaire vibe. Emotional damage. Emotional Bruce. We're like, Bruce Wayne typically is very like extravagant and like make sure people know that he uses his money. And that's kind of how he hides that he's Batman. It's like everyone just assumes he's out partying or something where he's just super, super sad. And it'll be interesting how they go about um, 
messing with that. Obviously, Matt Reeves, I think, is doing a great job. The trailers look amazing. I also have to say, I've, I stopped watching the trailers after the Cat and the Bat trailer, which I think came out like a month, month and a half ago. There's been extra things that have come out, and I, I'm not watching anymore. I'm just ready for the movie at this point. So I, I've heard from a few sources for just online people that are actually, you know, higher up than us that can actually see the movie that it's on the dark night level. Can it like that? That's big. That's big. Kind of. I don't know if you like, it's not necessarily an embargo, but like basically they've, they've been showing trailer, like not trailer screeners for media and press and stuff like that in the past week. So we've gotten some reactions to it online. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think we've gotten like full reviews or anything like that, but I mean, generally what I've seen is pretty positive. Like everybody's saying some pretty good things about it, which you can kind of expect from those like, you know, screen early review things. But I mean, I haven't, I I don't think I've even seen a negative review of it yet. So, you know, I, I mean, who knows what that means? I mean, it looks pretty sweet. I mean, Robert Pattinson is a fantastic actor. So I, I think, I mean, you can't really go wrong with the cast that we have here. I mean, I I listed them off like we've got a the fantastic cast, cast. It's a great so, cast. Jarrett, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, you mentioned that the hype is not as high as it was for Spider-Man No Way Home, which is that's a hard feat to beat, to be honest. Like yeah, the hype was no way could get the hype high. was like <laughs> almost end game level for for Spider-Man No Way Home. Like it was it was up there. So like what what are your thoughts coming into the Batman? I think I think my hype level is high. I'm not seeing it from like I'm not seeing it in the in the people that I interact with around me, but I, I'm excited to see what the take is. I think WB just kind of throws everything at the wall and sees what sticks and they reboot everything a million times before they feel right about it. So with that, I always have a tinge of like, you know, I kind of hope I don't like it too much because I know it's not going to last. That being said, like this looks phenomenal. I, I'm actually really excited to see what they do with this. I know people gave, obviously they gave patents and crap. And then when they saw the Batmobile, they're like, this isn't for me. And the new Joker or not the, sorry, the new Riddler redesign. I don't know. I, I don't see it as a bad thing, right? Like another Batman without Joker, I'm actually okay with. Um, 100% mm-hmm. thrilled yeah. about that. He's right. got such a fantastic rogues gallery and like, with the exception of the Tim Burton films, we really haven't gotten to explore that as much as we would like. And so the fact that we get to do this and maybe launch, you know, hopefully it's successful and hopefully, you know, they don't WB it up. <laughs> well, they're already launching. They're already launching a Penguin series on HBO Max. So like they're they're already committing a little bit more to it. So like HBO Max and WB are committing to something with WB. It's just. They have this how, bad. How does that go? Because they have yeah. Peacemaker. And we've talked about it before. The, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Trying to get out what I was trying to say. <laughs> go ahead. Go, Robbie. Go, go, go. Okay, they have Peacemaker, obviously, from the Suicide Squad, from James Gunn. Like, that's already up for another season. Like, they've already confirmed they're making a Penguin series. Like, uh, they have to figure out a way to make this all connect, which I assume is what they're doing with The Flash. But, like,. If they're going to build something, right now is the time to do it because you're committing to making shows for these movies. Like, So let's commit to something and keep it going. Let's stop, like you said, stop throwing things at the wall and see if they stick. Just commit. Right. Well, and I don't know. It seems so murky because, I mean, as you mentioned with the Flashpoint movie, we're getting Michael Keaton back as Batman. We're getting 
potentially the last um, appearance of of Batfleck as well. So is that going to is that going to like bring everything together? Is it going to further fracture everything that we know of the DC or what kind of remains of the DCU at this point? Like what the heck is going on with Flashpoint that is <laughs> that has so much Batman and and central to the DCEU. It just, I don't know. It, it's so hard to put your finger on what WB is, is doing or what their vision is. Like you, you see Marvel and you know, we're not, we're not pitting Marvel against DC. They each have, well, we sometimes do that, but now I'm, all I'm saying is like, they both have their strengths. They both have really cool things about them. Marvel, you can see that they have a direction. We don't know exactly what they're going to do to kind of fulfill that direction, but with WB, it's so hard to see. And they've had successes. They've had, you know, they had the Suicide Squad last year that was um, generally well received among pretty much everybody. Um, they had Peacemaker that just ended a couple weeks ago. Like everybody pretty much loved that show. Um, like they've had successes. Now, how are they going to wrap all that together if they even are? Or are they going to decide to just keep it separate, doing their own separate things? Really just hoping that they just figured this crap out. Because, like, if we're like, please don't make it have two separate universes. Because, like, now the general public is used to the Marvel formula where everything connects and everything is like, everything can be shown. Like, like things you see in the show can be in the movies. So, if you're going to do that, like with Peacemaker and with this Cobblebot show, like, then they have to like all connect. Otherwise, you're just confusing people. And if people are confused, they're going to give up on one of them and just stick with the other. So, W's got to figure it out. That's the big that's the big worry and that's been our worry since we started recording podcasts. It's like WB just get your crap together. Yeah. And and how that wraps into the Batman is pretty interesting actually because Matt Reeves has basically said that he doesn't really want anything to do with anything else in the DC universe. Like he, he basically wants to produce his Batman movie and then not really have any connections. Otherwise he's going to Christopher Nolan the bit. (laughs) Right. And is that the worst thing? I mean, Christopher Nolan made some amazing movies. uh, So it could potentially lead to some great movies, but we might keep getting this, throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks formula for years and years and years, if that's the case. So, yeah, I think WB suffers from the issue where, and it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Where they see how successful Marvel is and they're like, okay, clearly this is something this public's ready for. This is something they want, but they, they pull out all the wrong things for why Marvel's so successful. And they look at this and like, we can do that too. But then they don't have somebody like a Kevin Feige, Right. They try to do the things where like, yeah, we bring in all these different directors and let them do their own thing, but they don't have a guiding force behind. And we've talked about this till we were blue in the face, but this really shows it like the fact that we might have a very successful Batman on our hands and the directors are already like, yep, that's it. <laughs> Once I'm done, I'm not touching anything else, you know? Right. He's only going to touch Batman stuff. So are we going to have like a Batman shared universe? And then like, then there's going to be like the Suicide Squad universe. Like, right. Well, and as we saw in, in the Nolan movies, like, I mean, there's plenty, you have plenty of properties to go off of just with Batman. Like you have plenty of villains. You have plenty of material that you can, like source material with just Batman. But 
you know, you've got so many other great things going with DC. Like you have got a ton of awesome characters that haven't even touched the big screen yet or have been massacred on the big screen. Or, we've, so, or you know, just, just not even like doing a Man of Steel 2. Like you have this great movie, Man of Steel, which for whatever reason got terrible reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, is an excellent movie. Like just go in all they should have gone on in all in like they did with Iron Man. Like make the second Iron Man movie and then they just keep going. Iron Man 2 wasn't amazing. I don't think anyone would say it is. But like they just kept going. You stick with the process. Like you don't make a Man of Steel movie and then never make another Superman movie with Henry Cavill who is incredible at the role. And we're probably never going to see Henry Cavill again. We can't because he's, he's signed with Netflix now. So, like, it's ridiculous. But, it yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, like, it's hard to see how he could come back to it at this point. Like, it seems like he's just too far removed. And, you know, like Jared said, he's got the contract with Netflix. Like, there's too much stuff in the way of him coming back to Superman. So, that's a bummer. But... Despite all of that stuff, this movie seems to be shaping out to be a pretty solid one. So, Agreed. I mean, we've got, we've got like, I don't know, what what are you guys' vibes of Robert Pattinson's Batman? To me, it seems like he's like a more down-to-earth, like kind of realistic Batman. Um, I, I, I kind of went with that vibe until in one of the trailers, you saw him like going down the hall and getting like shot up by a machine gun and just like keep, keep going. That I was like, Oh, well that's not quite as realistic anymore. But at the same time, he's got this Batmobile that's basically just like a souped up, you know, like charger basically. Um, he's, he looks like he's just, he's doing the detective side of things. Like you kind of mentioned earlier, he's working with Jim Gordon to solve like this, mystery so i th- i'm i'm really kind of digging the vibes that i'm getting from this jared what are your overall impressions so far of uh, robert pattinson so one of my favorite batman comics of all time isn't really a batman comic it's a joker comic uh it's called white knight and it's fantastic if you've never read it but it it paints batman has always been seen as this really like cold and calculated and almost like more machine than human in the way that he responds to things um and then white knight he's like erratic and emotional and like really feels the hit of everything the joker does as like a good guy which is the whole point of that series and this robert pattinson batman feels like that right like emotional and violent and and confused and angry and not this like you know give him enough prep time he'll defeat anybody it's more like you know he's he's taking this one you know punch at a time and and just really trying to get at it And I like that. I like that it doesn't have to be like every Batman we've seen before. Like, that's one of the things that I love about comic books is they're different characters depending on who's writing them. And, you know, I I think he's put in the work. Like, I was very unconvinced when I first saw him. And now I'm like, I think he could be a fantastic Batman. Yeah. Well, I mean, and the first thing everybody thought of when he was casted, obviously, was Twilight, which... You know, <laughs> it's rough that that's what you're known this for. This is his <laughs> biggest role since Twilight. Right. That's his biggest role. That's what he's known for. But in that span of uh, when he was casted to now or when he was like, I guess, even rumored to be casted, he's really done a ton of like really great movies. And he if you watch some of those, the more recent movies that he's done, he is a really incredible actor. So I think we're going to see that a little bit when he when he finally comes to the screen as 
Bruce Wayne. Um, it's like Zac Efron, right? Like we, we, people just knew him as the high school musical guy. Oh uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Sure. And like Zac Efron has done a lot to prove us, you know. Speaking of Zac Efron, like, have you guys ever watched that, the Ted Bundy movie on, I yes, think it was yeah. on Netflix at one point? Yeah, Zac like, Efron, yeah. That, good. he's got range, man. Like, Zac Efron is, that, that movie changed my whole perspective on Zac Efron. I was like, this dude is a fantastic actor. And I've heard people say about Robert Pattinson that with Lighthouse, I have not, I've not seen that movie, um, but I've heard people say that he was incredible in it. And he like, he just totally like changed people's perspective on his acting with that. A movie. psychological thriller with William Defoe and Robert Yeah, Pattinson. right? Like that's a, like completely opposite yeah. <laughs> of what he did in Twilight. So that's just. Well, I think it's, I think it's important to know also that this is supposed to be a, basically a Batman year two. So we're not supposed to get an origin story, which think, Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like we right. get it. We know why he's Batman. We don't need another origin story. <laughs> like, yeah. Agreed. Please don't waste 15 minutes of my time explaining my why he's died at a movie theater. <laughs> How many, I was going to ask <laughs> you, too. are we going to see another scene with beads like flying yeah. <laughs> in the air and, and his mouth like falling? The, you can make like connections to it without showing us. Like you can show him like holding on to beads or something, like thinking like deep. Have him thoughts, walk like, by the alleyway and do like a double take, you know, stuff like that. You can do it without showing us his parents dying. The we rose. get it. Places a rose in the alleyway. That's like all all we need to see. Yeah, man. we cool. freaking get it. Like <laughs> this is coming from a Batman purist, someone who really loves Batman. Like stop showing us his origin Stop story killing his parents he's been through enough <laughs> stop killing I mean, it's the same deal with spider-man too like just Why you know you we see that, at ben. least the new spider-man waited <laughs> yeah right exactly and they, like, they, we don't like, care do. who uncle ben is who, who gives a crap who that is <laughs> yeah i i totally agree though i think it's good that we're not seeing another origin which yeah i mean i mean it's it's tough because like Batman's got one of the better origins I feel like in comics. So that's why it's been done so many times. But again, we've seen it on the big screen so many times now that it's like, all right, let's, let's move on. Let's get on to a little bit more experience Batman. Right. So we're, we're, we're over it. Alrighty guys. Any other thoughts on the Batman before we kind of close out the episode here? I, I would even say just, like Max always likes us to rate everything. So I think we should rank our hype levels. My, I don't know if you're going to ask us that or not, but yeah, um, that's great. I think, yeah, let's do that. Let's just do, let's do that. Cause, cause I, I'll be honest. I am excited for this movie and I'm going to see it opening night, but like my hype level isn't crazy. Like I'm not like walking around like Batman's coming out. I can't wait to see it. Like I'm going to talk to you're everyone like about it. Elden Ring. Yeah. I'm not like Jared with Elden Ring. Like, <laughs> Like guys are talking about something completely different. I'm like, yeah, but did you know Batman comes out? It's gonna be awesome. He's got he's got the Riddler. Week, Cowpot's in it. Like, so it's weird for me because like my hype levels, like I would say it's like a four and a half. Like it's not like crazy. Like I'm def I'm still seeing it open night, but like I'm just ready for a good Batman movie. Like I don't know. I don't know where you guys at. I think that plays into like. The fact that we've gotten, what, seven live-action Batman movies, too? Like, I think 
people are kind of over, not over Batman, but over the hype of Batman movies. Um, I think that plays into this a lot. So I'm, I'm kind of pretty much with you. Like I'm, I'm very excited to see this movie, um, but I'm probably rating it at like a four out of six. Like I'm excited. I, I may not get around to it until like the week after or something like that, but that's not like, because I don't want to, it's just because I have kids and it's impossible to go see movies when you're you not moving your life things. around to like, yeah, go exactly. See yeah. I did that for Spider-Man no way home because my hype was a six out of six for that movie. This is like, I'm excited for it. Like, it'll be cool. I'm not, I'm not like, and I think too, there's something to be said for if you have like, not like lower expectations, but if you don't have such high expectations, it can't underperform for your expectations. So um, if I come into it with a hype of four out of six and the movie is a six out of six, that makes me more excited about the movie. You know, like if I come in it with a hype of six out of six and it's only a four out of six, then I'm like, I maybe don't like that movie as much as I thought I would have, you know, so the DC EU has hurt me so badly that I, <laughs> I it's hard for me to get hyped for anything yeah, anymore with that. That's a bummer. Can you like, remember I was excited how excited for like Peacemaker? We yeah, dude, how excited I was back in the day when like, dude, when no, I didn't really care too much about 1984. BVS was like my peak. Oh sure, yeah. Batman vs Superman, like my hype for that, like going into that movie and like thinking of what that could build into, like made me so excited. And it is just like it now. Every time I think of a DCU movie, I'm just like, I'm ready to be hurt. (laughs) I'm ready to do it. I'm doing it all over again. I just keep getting stabbed, and I'm. (laughs) It's like the Dark Souls of fandoms. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's a great comparison. The DCU is the Dark Souls of fandoms. Yeah. Like W, like, like, po- like Marvel is like Pokemon. Everything that comes out is great. Yeah. Like no, like no like one's ever hey, mad it's at not anything. For everybody, but like, hey, yeah. it's you can still enjoy it even if it's not your specific thing. Right. right. Like everyone enjoys Pokemon, whether they you know do it or not. Like no one's out there like I hate Pokemon. Like everyone Pokemon. likes Marvel. But then there's DC who's just like, oh, you liked that movie? You can watch it again, like, on Amazon Prime in three years. <laughs> but we're never making, we're never going anywhere we're with never this character. Up with that. <laughs> oh, you liked Wonder Woman? Oh you gosh. thought that was good? Here's 1984. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Like, you. Okay, sorry. Suicide Squad, that's a great property. Here's a dancing witch queen. Figure that crap out. <laughs> like, what, oh, what the heck? I, this the, yeah, Our podcast rough. half the time just turns into bashing WB, and that's what this <laughs> is. Really Every time is. we talk about DC. it's. I mean, it's kind of inevitable that it, it's going to come up at some point. I'm over being hurt. Like, I need... If this movie does well, that'll be the first time in six years that, like, we've gotten multiple good DC products in the span of like a year. So we, it would be like Zack Snyder's justice league, which wasn't for everyone. That was for like diehards like me. Then you got the suicide squad and peacemaker have both been doing really well. So like we could get like four decent things in a row without like a 1984 stinker in there. Like then we're, we're moving somewhere. I have hope, but it's, it's small. There's a small light. Jarrett, what's your hype level for the Batman? It's it's a four. Like I'm excited, but I'm not putting down the controller if I have free time. <laughs> Jared's not d- getting out of his Elden Ring world. Yeah, it's not to, to see the Batman. 
<laughs> that's definitely what I pretty much expected from you. So <laughs> he's never going to put, he's not going to put down the controller for another couple of weeks before anything. Pumpkin night has happens. better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Material well, girl. Material. Well guys, we have one more thing to do before we close out this episode. And that is our top six. We're going in You're entering the top five on the Infinity Bros podcast, starting now. So here on the Infinity Bros podcast, we like to cap out our episodes with a water cooler discussion, a list of things that we come together and uh, just chat about uh, some of our favorite things. So today we are talking about the Batman. We are doing our top six DC live action movies, not DCEU, uh, just live action movies total. Um, and then Jared apparently had to change his list because he misunderstood that. So uh, so I'll, I'll give Jared a little bit of leeway. I'll go ahead and start with my list and then, uh, we'll just go through our whole list. Cause we're, we're trying to keep this one a little bit, uh, shorter. Yeah, we're pressed for time. Um, so, so I'll go with my number six is man of steel. Um, I, I really liked this movie. I think again, like you said earlier, Robbie, Henry Cavill is a fantastic Superman. It doesn't like excite me quite as much as you get you guys like hail it as like the most fantastic movie ever i think i think i rate it probably like a 4.5 or a 5 out of 6 like i really enjoyed it but it's not the end all be all of of the dc movies that we've gotten so far so um sure i'd love a man of steel too though like if if they ever get around to that that would be awesome but uh yeah that's that one's number six for me number five is the suicide squad just came out last year uh, fantastic movie. I love, I love that, um, WB is finally using these kind of, um, characters that we haven't seen before and that can, you know, turn into awesome characters, which through the course of that movie, I mean, you really grew attached to Bloodsport for sure. Rat catcher to, uh, even peacemaker, even though he's hateable in that weasel. Movie. Yeah, weasel. weasel. Yeah, definitely the one I was the development to of the weasel most. is pretty incredible. <laughs> Best part of the movie. Uh, so yeah, that movie was fantastic. Way more emotional than I was expecting to, it to be. So that's number five on my list. Number four is Watchmen. Um, I think this is Zack Snyder's best movie like ever. Like Watchmen is a fantastic movie. Um, the comic is also fantastic, and he did a great job of adapting it to the big screen at a time that. Um, it is kind of wild to think that that movie came out like around the same time as the X-Men movies, you know, in the two thousands, right? Like Watchmen is like kind of just like this iconic, um, setting, I guess. I don't even know really how to describe that, but like the background of Watchmen is just, it's incredible. Um, the storyline and he did an awesome job of adapting that to the big screen at a time that superhero movies weren't as big as they are now. So uh, that one's number four for me. Number three is Batman begins um, Christopher Nolan. I love, this is one of my favorite origin movies of all time. I, I absolutely love Batman begins. I think it flies under the radar too. It does. Like, yeah, I didn't even see this in theaters and I saw it later and I was like, Holy crap, this is actually a fantastic um, movie. And 
Scarecrow is a really, really interesting uh, Batman villain. He's one of my favorites. And I, I wish they would have utilized him more after, you know, he kind of makes a little cameo. And I think in dark Knight rises, but like he, they, they could have used him a lot more um, in that Nolan uh, trilogy. Cause he was, that a, movie is one of the best origin movies out there. It just, it gets overshadowed by what came next. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And my number two is wonder woman. Absolutely love that movie. Um, Gal Gadot is a fantastic Wonder Woman. I just think everything about that movie was incredible. And Wonder Woman, before I watched that movie, like I, you know, I obviously I as a comic book fan, I knew like about Wonder Woman, but I'd never read any Wonder Woman comics. Never really. I didn't watch the old like Linda Carter, you know, movie shows, whatever those are. Uh, never watched any like basically only exposure I had to wonder woman was just like being in nerd culture pretty much. Um, and I just absolutely loved that movie. I think thought she was just like the perfect personification of, you know, hope, uh, in, so in what was, uh, DC's, uh, shared universe at that time. Um, when Superman should have been that and she was hope to me. So I thought that movie was incredible. Patty Jenkins did it right. Yeah, Patty Jenkins nailed Wonder Woman. Not so much 84, but uh, yeah, Wonder Woman. I don't Woman, know what happened there, but I don't know. WB got in the way. <laughs> My number one <laughs> is Dark Knight. I don't, I don't I think this is probably going to be on everybody's like maybe top 3. Like that's it's Heath Ledger had an incredible performance as the Joker. Really like I'm he he really changed the perspective of people like on the Joker, like he he's still one of Batman's greatest villains before that movie, obviously. But um, he really gave a crazy different um, perception of the Joker. And I, I feel like that could have been received a lot differently. And maybe it would have been if he hadn't have died. I and who knows? But like it's it's just crazy how how creepy and just deranged he is in that movie and one of the best one of the best superhero movies of all time uh is the dark knight so can't really argue with that one it's it's just fantastic movie um jared i'm gonna have you go next so robbie our dc guy can cap it off the resident expert all right the definitive list right uh number six is the suicide squad um nice i did not expect to enjoy this movie um, in fact, I think the only reason I watched it was because I was going to be on the episode that we talked about it for. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised. I think it didn't take itself too seriously. It had enough emotional beats where it felt like a solid story, but also was just lighthearted and fun. Um, number five, and this one surprised me that it was a DC movie at all. In fact, the only reason I found it is because I had to Google quickly. It's <laughs> my list. Uh, red. <laughs> Um, which is a Bruce Willis uh, spy yeah, I movie. I guess it yep. technically is. Yeah, it's right. a very good movie. Oh, that's a that is a good movie. I I forgot that counts as a DC movie. That one came out around the same time as like The Expendables and a bunch of those, and I think it got overshadowed. It's really it did. Good. It's underrated for sure. It's that's a great movie. Um, a lot of mine is saying the same stuff Isaac talked about. Number four is Wonder Woman. Uh, really, really incredible film. I was so disappointed that the second one took away from my enjoyment of the first one a little bit. It's hard to watch that one again and not think like what could have been. 
Like, the first, like, 15 minutes of 1984 was, like, Wonder Woman, and then the rest, you're just like, what are we doing? Just the what are we doing? this movie. Number three is Batman Begins. Um, for all the same reasons Isaac talked about, I think it was really cool to see not another Joker movie, although eventually we would get another Joker movie. Um, but the cast of characters that they chose for that was really unique, and it was a very interesting approach to Batman. It was a lot more sci-fi um, and, like, realistic uh, sci-fi for us. Um, number two is man of steel. Uh, as far as I know, really where Henry Cavill kind of cut his teeth and where a lot of them first became familiar with him. Uh, and he has quickly grown to be one of my favorite actors of all time. He did phenomenal in that movie. I am a huge, uh, Kevin Costner fan, like unapologetically big Kevin Costner fan. (laughs) And he's phenomenal in that movie as well. They killed your boy. And they did. They in the weirdest way possible. He's like, no, yeah, don't save me. You're a superhero. Super don't weird. do this. That, that's <laughs> one of the reasons that the guy just had a suit. He just wanted to die. Actually, <laughs> apparently, like, I'm done. <laughs> He's like, you need your hero moment. You need somebody to lose to make you go. I into can't this. die in an alley, so I'll right. die out here in the industry. <laughs> I'm going to traumatize you in the worst possible way. You could probably like blow, like just blow the tornado away but no 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 stay stay over there the thing about like like batman legitimately could do nothing about what happened to his parents (laughs) superman absolutely could um and that's arguably worse for him because he's like i could have stopped this at any moment (laughs) um (laughs) sorry what a tangent no uh yeah number one is the dark knight uh still phenomenal still takes the cake as like one of the best uh, WB movies ever produced Heath Ledger. And like a lot of people say that we like his Joker because, you know, we kind of see it in the golden light because he passed and gave himself to the role in a very big way. I think regardless of that, it's still like one of the best performance I've seen from anybody. It's, like yeah, he it's really, incredible. Really put in the effort and a great follow-up to an already fantastic movie. So um, that is my list. I love all those movies with my heart and I definitely, definitely had my list pretty much that before we started the podcast. <laughs> Wait, what was, give us your top rated animated movie. Where would it, where was it going to land? The number one. Oh, yeah. my number one DC movie of all time is under the red hood. Oh yeah. Um, Great. It's I'm amazing. just phenomenal. Um, dude, and we'll talk about that on another podcast. Probably. Dude, the Batman, the Batman story that Matt Reeves is making, like under the red hood could be a thing that happens. It could fit in if there. they keep yeah. going, like it sick. would perfectly fit. Absolutely. I please, please do that. Please. Like, I know we already talked about like Batman and everything, but like, if you're going to keep going, if you're going to make this thing, get to the Red Hood. Yeah. I don't read a lot of comic books for, from DC. Like I, I dabble here and there. Red Hood is by far like top three DC characters for me. Yeah. Same. Nice. All right, Robbie, let's hear your definitive uh, DC guy list. All right. This is my list. Um, and this does change periodically depending on the mood, but this is the list I put together today. <laughs> That's my scapegoat. Most of these are always on. I, um, I do have though. one. I have one honorable mention because I just couldn't keep it off. The only reason I took it off is because the, of the rewatchability, and that is Joker. Joker is an incredible movie. It is good. But it make it, it is an uncomfortable movie. So yes. there's not a lot of rewatchability there. But I feel like it needed to be shout, shouted out is as as a single standalone movie. It is incredible. Joaquin Phoenix did amazing. Best portrayal of the Joker since uh, Heath Ledger. 
Like, it, it's an incredible movie. Couldn't keep it off. I had to take it off the top six just because I'm not watching that movie all the time because my mental state cannot handle it. Yeah, um, agreed. Uh, my number six is The Suicide Squad. You guys all put that on there. James Gunn did an incredible job of, like, showing us a bunch of really, really interesting characters and then killing them, which <laughs> was great because no one no, no one cares who Javelin is. <laughs> Nobody cares, except for apparently Harley Quinn cared. Yeah. Um, that movie was excellent. Hit all the right notes. It was funny. It was Guardians of the Galaxy-esque with lots of swear words and, you know, more death. My favorite scene is still, you know, Peacemaker and Bloodsport killing all what turned out to be, like, the peaceful... The, like, yeah, the, the villagers or The whatever. villagers that oh were, like, gosh. fighting against the tyranny there. Yeah, that was... And, like, <laughs> but, like, they were just showing off that they could kill people easily, like... It's hilarious, but That's it's so true. dark, but love it. Um, my number five is, and this is the big DCU boy thing, is Zack Snyder's Justice League, the four-and-a-half-hour wow. behemoth that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, that movie is a love letter to DC fans. Um, it's made for the DC diehards. I, I, think, I think the general public still enjoyed it, I think it's at like a 70 or an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes, something like the that. The general public probably got about uh, two-thirds through it, I think. Well, I think people watched <laughs> it. It was a pretty popular talking point for a good while. And, it, and it going straight straight to HBO Max was was exciting. Um, and I yeah, went as even far enough to watch the black and white version. Um, so, yeah, big fan of it. It's obviously not something you just sit down and watch real quick. Like it's you cut it into like the four or whatever how many chapters chapters made it into six yeah. you could cut it into six chapters and really enjoy it they they really explored cyborg who's a character that needed to be explored um, and Jose Whedon destroyed um, so really <laughs> nice. excited really loved that movie um, again the rewatchability isn't crazy I know on a past podcast we had to bring up that I said it's more rewatchable <laughs> than Endgame yeah I no longer believe that I was buying the hype. <laughs> That yeah. was you Zack were, Snyder's you were Justice League. Fully I, sold into the into the Justice League. I was League very hype there. <laughs> very excited about that movie, and I loved it very very much. It was it's just very long. Um, my number four is Watchmen. You both had it on your list. Watchmen is an incredible comic book adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like everything besides the ending is like beat for beat. Yeah, comic book, and it's like. People need to see that movie. It's slept on too much. There's people that just hate Definitely. it. And people I, don't even I, know it exists. Like, I don't it, it know came how out you can watch that movie thing. and not like it. Yeah. It's great. like it's there's there's a character for everyone. Like the stories in that there's multiple storylines that you can follow. Like it's just, it's an incredible movie. Also, it needs, it needs side life. shout out um, the the HBO Max show, show Watchmen. Amazing. Yeah. amazing. Fantastic. One of the best shows on HBO. Uh, Another so example of DC that having a great property and deciding to just be like, yeah, that was great. We're never touching it again. (laughs) Um, my number three is wonder woman. You both had it. Wonder woman is a great movie. Gal Gadot is our wonder woman. Uh, we don't remember what happened in 1984. Um, (laughs) didn't happen. Didn't happen. Can't remember. Don't know what you're talking about. I hope that the flash movie deletes that. (laughs) Um, but really, really loved wonder woman. Uh, it gets a little meh at the end when you get Ares and he has a mustache and you're just like, well, what's happening? <laughs> and it gets to be kind of a CGI fest. But the story there is incredible. Wonder Woman mm. is a great movie. Yeah. Like like you said, Isaac, you said it best where you're like, she became the hope of the DCU and that's what they should have done um, and then didn't. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, my number two is Man of Steel. Um, Man of Steel hits me like Iron Man probably hits Max, where like no matter what, you love that movie because it's what started everything. Um, I wish it would have done the same thing that Iron Man did, but the Man of Steel is an incredible movie, incredible Superman movie. I still don't think they used Henry Cavill's acting ability to the best of its uses. He's a very good actor. If you've watched anything else with him in it, he's not just a grunty, you know, beefhead, meathead, beefhead. Um, like he's a very good actor. Go check out the man from uncle. He's amazing in that movie. It's basically James Bond. Um, and then my number one, it's, it's, it's the dark Knight, but it's basically the, the dark Knight trilogy. I would watch that entire trilogy over any other trilogy in any sort of, well, yeah. mm, it's that and Lord of the Rings trilogy. are up there with my trilogies, oh, yeah. like all time trilogies. Oh, we got to do a top six trilogies, man. That, that'll be a good one. I think, yeah, we that would be a that'd be a great one. Um, but no, The Dark Knight changed the game when it came to comic movies. Iron er, and Iron Man came out around the same time as well. But like those things set up so much moving forward for like the general public really enjoys this stuff. You do it well, and yeah. they will come. Basically, is what yeah. it turned into. Like you're gonna break records. Um, Jarrett said it, but Heath Ledger's Joker is un- incredible whether he died or not. Like, he wins the Academy Award whether he dies or not. Like, they aren't just giving those things away. They don't care if you died and had, like, a good, like, like movie as your last movie. Like, they aren't just giving those away. Like, he changed how, like, villains are perceived in those in comic book hero movies. Yeah. Like, they can be basically the main character, just the one that like, everyone cares think about. Ab- think about, though, like, okay, so if you take the description of Heath Ledger's Joker and you present it to, like, before this movie comes out, you present it to mm-hmm. somebody who, um, you know, their favorite Joker is Jack Nicholson's Joker or Mark Hamill's Joker. Yeah. Like, the idea of what he did does not seem like it would work, right? Right. Like, it doesn't seem like it would work. It doesn't seem like it would be a good portrayal of the Joker, but he just, he just knocks it out of the park. Like, well, it's Nolan just Well, Nolan went for that, that realistic, like, what could, like, a actual criminal mastermind that right. is, like, psychotic accomplish. And obviously there's some things where it's like, could he have actually done that? I don't know. How, why did he take so much time to stack all that money and then set it on fire and slide <laughs> down it? Why did he do that in a warehouse? Like it wasn't even outside. Like that's terrible. Like it's not about the money. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, I think Max and Zane like to joke that if he wouldn't died, he would, wouldn't have been that great. It wasn't that great of a joker. No, it's, he's that good of a joker. People still compare like every other villain, every other joker to Heath Ledger's joker to this day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- we could go on and on about the dark Knight. I would dark love Knight me and Mark is, I mean, it's me and Mark need to do Infinity a dark Rose Knight, Infinity like, snap. Cause all three yeah. of us have oh. a number one. So there right. it is. Infinity snaps. <laughs> well guys, we have talked way too long. We thought this was going to be a short episode with just Jarrett talking about Elden ring and Robbie talking about the Batman. But uh, we definitely have to get offline so Max doesn't yell at us for having too long of an episode. So, Robbie, thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts on The Batman and The Dark Knight. I was glad to be here and, you know, rag on the WB some more. Yeah, we're all here for that. So thank you. Appreciate it. And, Jarrett, we'll let you get back to your uh, 
world of Elden Ring and you can forget about us in just a few moments here. Okay. We'll yeah, so it's good. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you listener for making us a part of your podcast experience. We love you 3000. Have an amazing night, day, week, wherever you are. And we will see you next time. Bye. 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 Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com. <laughs>